0: Welcome to another episode of Divorce TV, and today we have expert Lorraine Toll, who is a collaborative lawyer, in a pre-recorded interview. We have a shared story from Elizabeth Goddard and a healing with our own Susan Calmiller. So first, let's get on with the news. Uh, First story today, it's not strictly divorce, but it is related to uh, family law. Um, It's about can an adult child seek maintenance from their parents? So Vicky Rawlins in Family Law Nexus Lexis writes, um, sorry, Lexis Nexus writes that there have recently been two cases in which adult children have begun court proceedings seeking a formal court order to force their parents into providing ongoing financial support to them. The first was reported from Italy in August and involved a 35-year-old man applying to top up his wages earned as a part-time music teacher from his parents. Amazingly, a lower court had found that his parents should provide him with a monthly stipend as his wages were not enough for him to live on. The Supreme Court in Italy reversed the decision and ruled that parents are not financially responsible for their children for life. Thank God. Now, in a similar case this year, the English courts have been asked to consider the same issue. This time, the applicant was 41 years old. He is a qualified solicitor, holding a degree in modern history, a master's degree in taxation, and presently studying for chartered tax advisory exams. He has, however, been unemployed since 2011 and suffers from various mental health difficulties. He was living in a flat in London, which was paid for by his parents, who lived in Dubai. Very nice. The application apparently arose following a falling out between son and parents, which led to the parents limiting the financial assistance paid. So this application was for maintenance and the court considered the Matrimonial Causes Act, 1973, the Children Act, 1989, Human Rights Act 1999, and the Court's inherent jurisdiction. The decision was given by Sir James Mumby, who described the application as most unusual and unprecedented. The application was similar, summer, I knew I'd get this wrong. Summarily dismissed, and the applicant ordered to pay his parents' legal costs. The applicant sought permission to appeal, but this was refused. So, whilst perhaps both of these cases have been referred to quite frivol- frivolously, writes Vicky, with the outcomes being considered obvious, they do, of course, involve real families, real disputes and no doubt real heartache. She says, I wonder what the future will hold for these families following these applications. Hopefully some form of reconciliation will prove possible. What do you think? Is that likely? Next story, divorces in England and Wales see highest percentage increase in 50 years. Uh, This is according to um, Sky News, but from the Office of National Statistic Figures. Adultery, it claims, is the most common reason for divorce among opposite and same-sex couples, according to the ONS. Well, that didn't quite make sense to me, so I had a little look. And, of course, it's not really not really true. Uh, They include apparently adultery in their stats for unreasonable behaviour. So it's unreasonable behaviour that is the most common, not adultery per se, because it's the most sensible one to go for um, if you're forced to play the blame game, which hopefully we won't have to do anymore in the UK from next autumn. It goes on to say that the number of divorces in England and Wales has seen the largest percentage increase in nearly 50 years, according to new research. Data from the Office for National Statistics shows that divorces among heterosexual couples rose by 18.4% last year. This is the highest rise since 2014, when 111,169 divorces were granted in England and Wales. It was also the largest annual percentage increase in the number of divorces since 1972 following the Divorce Reform Act 1969 which made it easier for couples to divorce upon separation the ONS has said. The ONS said said that these increases can be partially due to there being a backlog of casework in 2018 which would have resulted in a higher number of separations last year. So in other words they're playing catch up so that probably accounted for a lot of it. And the other thing that isn't explained, but I think it's fair to say, is that when a divorce is granted, we get those stats. But the fact is, most of those divorces started several years before Um so what we really need is the data for the number of petitions the divorces that are beginning so we can get a sense of the trend but i'm afraid you have to wait for december to get the july to september figures for that i'm afraid uh, last week you may remember that we um we talked about the us which indicated a reduction in divorce um, and of course with the recession that's even more likely and i i have to say i do I do suspect that that's what will be the case here but the key thing is who cares about the stats let's focus on how we divorce and not how many people are doing it because let's face it that's what we should be really looking at here and our last story we've got the mail online talking that saying that lesbian couples are twice as likely to divorce as married gay men ons data reveals as overall rates the largest rise in 50 years Obviously, that's the rise of all divorces because you haven't been able to have gay marriage for 50 years. Of those same-sex couples who divorced last year, 589, that's 72%, took place between women. There were 233 between men. The figures are a stark rise, they say, on 2018 when there were 321 same-sex divorces between women and 107 between men the ONS said that the number of same-sex divorces has increased each year to reflecting the increasing size of the same-sex married population since the introduction of marriages of same-sex couples in March 2014. So yes they may sound like exciting statistics but actually it would go up as you're getting more and more people getting married. Um, I thought i just get a little bit uh, more information on this to uh, balance out the, the Daily Mail. And we've got Pink News, which reports that, and uh, this was interesting, looking at statistics for opposite-sex couples could also provide an explanation as overall, and this is why more women seem to be getting divorced, uh, uh, lesbian women rather than gay men, as overall women are much more likely to instigate divorce proceedings than men with two-thirds initiated by women in the last 10 years. While it has been widely reported that divorces among same-sex couples have increased year on year since the legalisation of marriage equality in the UK, the ONS explained that this only reflects the increase in the number of LGBT plus couples getting married. Now, we're going to have our expert. It's a short interview with Lorraine Toll and settle down and find out a little bit more about how successful collaborative law can be.
1: If parties are finding it difficult to agree how to resolve their disputes, we must remember it's okay to not agree. It's okay to do that. Um, what we have to do is try to work out what is the best course of action for each party. And that's not always going to be the same route for everybody. The difference between collaborative law and mediation, um, on the face of it, there's not a great deal of difference. With collaborative law, we use the same process, but you each have your own lawyer. You each have your own expert in the room, which often makes people feel more comfortable because they feel that they've got somebody on their side with them. I think the key difference between mediation and collaborative law however is that we sign up uh, to a participation agreement and that really gives the commitment to yourself to the to the other parties and to the legal experts that you are committed to using this process and actually it's quite nice to hear your spouse your your ex-partner to understand what they want to achieve out of the process and then in turn they they understand what you want to achieve also. There's several ways in trying to resolve matters. Collaborative law is just one of them. If at our initial meeting you decide that collaborative law is the option that you would like to take, the first port of call would be for us to contact the other party. That could be a phone call to the solicitor if they already have solicitors engaged or to the person directly and we would explain to them that you would like to choose the collaborative law process, we can send them some information about what that process is and see if they would be willing to try it. Collaborative law could be useful for everybody. Um, I would particularly recommend it where parties, where there is a degree of um, amicableness, where there is a degree of um, willing to try to cooperate with each other, where there is a degree of compromise. And actually where matters, where people are still on talking terms and feel that they really can try to resolve matters between them. Um, having a collaborative law process model in place just helps parties to guide them through the process. Um, but at the same time, giving them their legal advice. Collaborative law could potentially be a lot less than going to court. On average, we would say that for three or four court hearings, you could cost it could cost you in the region of £25,000 to £30,000 plus VAT each plus you've got disbursements such as barrister fees. To have three or four collaborative meetings, which on average is is the, the number that we would have
0: within a process to complete, you would pay far less than that. Thank you, Lorraine. Brilliant stuff, and she's been really successful with uh, using collaborative law, and it's definitely something you should check out. Um, it's one of the wonderful options that are available to you. Now we're gonna have a quick update through our QR masterclass. Here we've got QR code, and it's um, we're gonna be looking at arbitration. So uh, QR code there will take you to the course, next week it will be taking you to the app cuz that's going to be launched i promise i'm going to make it happen over the weekend so just briefly i wanted to finish off this little bit about set sale setting sale on your divorce you want to have an intelligent approach and that means you know what your options are uh, family arbitration is oh, it's just so useful and yet so many people don't really consider it properly now a private judge that's what a family arbitrator is and you might be saying well how can that be cheaper than uh, you know going to court but of course you don't have to involve all the other people that are in the court and um, you can some depends on how complex it is it might be if you may be talking a few hundred not a few thousand pounds so definitely worth checking out if you really can't decide and choose yourselves what the outcome is and you might have tried mediate be had some success with mediation or with collaborative law, but maybe there's something he's stuck on, and this was told to me by a, a mediator Ken Newman, who's very, um, a very experienced mediator in New York, and he said he quite often, uh, if they get stuck in a mediation, will say to a couple, "Do you want someone else to decide for you?" And a lot of people think that means you have to then go to court. Whereupon they don't pay much attention to all the things that you've already agreed on it's kind of like unraveling a ball of string so it's definitely not where you want to be so bringing in your own private judge keeps you in control because you together as a couple you choose who you're going to use and you choose uh, a, a, a someone who may have been a, a barrister uh, that will always have had a, a long a good history of of um legal training they're very experienced you can't just um qualify as a lawyer and then go straight to be an arbitrator and they may even be an ex-judge and that person is especially you choose a specialist so you might be looking at finances you choose a a specialist in finances you don't know you're going to get that with a judge in the family court you may have children matters you get an arbitrator who is qualified and experienced in that area some will do both some will do one or the other so you choose who you want to have and it's less hassle because you can set up the time, especially now you can do it all online. You can choose when it's going to happen. You're not being told by a court, which if you're both busy, international, uh, trying to work, that is really, really good. Um, So it's much more convenient. And of course, it's going to be so much quicker because you're not waiting for overloaded court systems to find a a space for you. The most important thing is you're still in control of the process. So do look at... uh, arbitration as a a serious option and it can work um, instead of or I prefer it to be something as a backstop personally because I think if you can come to an agreement working with collaborative lawyers or mediators then that's going to serve you well in the future you don't really want to hand the whole thing over to somebody else to decide the whole lot because if you've got children you're going to you want to have a way of working together and you can always go back into the collaborative process or mediation later on if you've got maybe some children issues that have have come up and you want a bit of help so let's get ready now for our shared story hello elizabeth or liz which do you prefer
2: either I'm fine. Good,
0: (laughs) good. (laughs) As long as it's one or the other. Thank you for joining us and um, I'm very grateful you're going to give us a little bit of your time and you're going to share your own experience and what you learned from it and you've taken that experience and you're currently writing a book I believe.
2: Yeah so I've already got two, Finding Lily and The A to Z of Emotional Abuse and this is was actually supposed to be an ebook that uh, was like a, a giveaway, but it's actually turned into something a little bit bigger than that. So um, it's three things you should never do divorcing a narcissist is the title. Um, my biggest takeaway was that going into the divorce process, you actually need to be divorced emotionally. Um, that was something that I realized further into the process that um, was happening uh, as the process is going along, I wasn't as emotionally divorced as I thought it was. So I was easy to trigger. I was easy to it was easy for me to react rather than respond. Um, And of course, if you're if you're divorcing somebody who's emotionally abusive or higher up the narcissistic spectrum, that is what they want. They're looking um, for those reactions. They're looking for that proof. But also what they've done is they've already negotiated before you've even come into the, into the, that, the arena. Um, they've decided what you're worth to them. They've decided what they're going to pay out. If, that's, if it's that way round, there's a split of assets or they, they, they know uh, to what limit they're going to, uh, to go to. And, and that includes hiding assets and uh, et cetera. So, and this is something that I experienced and it was something that I totally regretted. And, and I agreed to the um, the five uh, unreasonable behavior just to get it through. And they said, I'll pay for it. You, if you agree to my terms. Uh, so I was like, well, what are the terms? I need to think about this. And it was like, no, 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 you have to make that decision. And I was sort of, ended up being thrust down a route that um i really really regretted later um and everyone's all for saving money but i would actually say i you know i wish i'd spent a little bit more in getting more fight more support for myself yeah
0: because you're you know you're you're being bullied and obviously I see this a lot. Bullied and bullied and and try. You just want it all to be over, don't you? So yeah. you don't want you don't want to pick a fight because you know no. from a bitter experience that that's not off. That's, that is, also doesn't work. So how how do you uh, how do you where is that? It's not even middle ground. That alternative way of doing things because you've got um, you don't lay down and die because they're just going to have a lovely time and completely take you for a ride. If yeah. you go into full-on battle, um, you, you they're gonna love that as well. So yeah. how how do you manage to do something? Do you have to just be smarter? How you how you divorce? Emotionally divorce.
2: It is uh, emotionally divorce, or as much as you can emotionally divorce from them is the way to 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 be, because they will be looking to send those triggering emails or letters, and uh, they will be looking to poke as much as they can to get a re- reaction because this is their stage, this is their arena. This is where they're getting, uh, with, the, with the narcissist or the emotional abuser, it's about supply, everything's about supply and the quality of supply. So the attention that they need and they feed on. This is where they're gaining it from. So there would be things like, so emotional, uh, divorcing emotionally, so that if they say anything, you receive a letter from them, you're not reacting, you're responding calmly because they want that reaction. What I found was initially we went, uh, we started on the pro- the process and I was being, uh, pushed and pushed give it we need this information we need that information i supplied and i was given a certain amount of time to sort out a solicitor and then i was given a date i needed to sort this out by and so in the end i didn't know what to do rabbits in, you know rabbit in headlights and i just said no 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 don't worry i'm not going to get a solicitor um i'll do it all myself and then there was tumbleweed nothing yeah and then i chased it in february So this is my, my date was the 5th of January I was given, I had to respond by in February. It was over mid February. I was like, can somebody tell me what's going on? And it's like, oh yeah, we haven't done anything yet. So it's getting you into those positions where you have to make a decision and you're not given that time and then they hold back the the next one was um i needed to get all this information in and the process and then again tumbleweed and this was about two and a half months later i was like can somebody tell me what's going on oh yeah we haven't got the money yet to pay the court so so basically you
0: you you were doing everything you should but there's a game being played and that which is delay 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 yeah
2: yes so i was in a position I wasn't emotionally it wasn't in the position that I wanted to go down I wasn't ready for that route so I felt like I was I was uh ushered down that route and then once I got in there I couldn't get out I, t- I, I did attempt it at one point and I said look if this isn't going to happen I'm giving you to the end of June you've got to the 30th of June and nothing has happened by then I will submit my own petition and I will I will take and of course the uh emotionally abusive or a high, people are higher up on that spectrum don't want anyone else to take control um so it, it, it the yeah, the the money was found very quickly
3: and would you
0: so would you would you say yeah, so because you because you start to put some boundaries down y- yes, and uh yes yeah. and would you say that so if if there's a divorce situation in an ideal world um I always recommend that people are the, they petition because it it, it's in many ways it does give you a more a bit more leverage when the other person is to be blunt dicking about, mm. which and mm. it's very difficult if they petition and then they start stalling. It, yeah. it actually makes things much much harder to keep things moving yes. along. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, there were there were a few th- times that happened, and in fact I, I must be. You know the, the court process I know it's centralized but there was one judge but it doesn't it falls down in certain areas there was one judge that turned around and said um, actually I don't like this I don't like the um, consent of the order uh, you know can you can you both write in and tell me the reasoning behind the order and the reasoning why there's no pension share and there was a, an and in the middle and it was a, a long sentence. So, um, of course, this didn't go down too well. Um, That's excellent. That's excellent.
0: Because, I mean, that is that that's that's one of the real one of the many good things. Not many. One of the good things about the current system for all its uh, issues is the judge is a bit like a backstop, aren't they? And they, and the good ones will spot when it's just clearly not fair and not yes. right and something's been missed out. So it's, I'm really, I bet you're glad that, that they well, spotted did, that it, one. Well, it didn't
2: actually, this is where it falls down because it's centralised, it then goes mm. back into somebody else's desk and then you're, they, they, they highlight something else and it goes back and it lands on somebody else's mm. desk. So actually we were forced to go into court by the, uh, the system, um, mm-hmm. by, the court pro- by the divorce process, they wanted it to be seen in court. Um, and the barrister representing uh, my ex was very good. She was absolutely amazing. Um, and she said, look, if this had landed, you know, she just wiped the floor with the whole process. And I wasn't represented. I had uh, somebody with me like a Mackenzie friend who wasn't able, didn't have that, didn't have the benefit of somebody to counteract mm. that and think quickly and understand the process. Because I did sit there thinking, I have no idea what they're talking about. She's mm. talking to the judge, the judge knows what she's talking about, and she knows what the judge is talking about, and I'm just sat here. And the judge, I saw two judges. Uh, the first one, I can't remember what she specialized in, but it wasn't divorce. And the second mm-hmm. one uh, was um, she. He specialised in, um, I think it was injuries or something like that. So nobody. It, that,
0: you made such a good point there because again, like I was saying earlier, I with that. Oh, arbitrary inter- yeah. Interview. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was, saw that. I listened to that interview, and I thought I, I completely relate to that because they have no idea
0: yeah because mm. with the uh, at least with arbitrate and if you go for an arbitrate, if you, if you can persuade the other person mm. if they if they really really mm. feel that they're right they may if you're lucky assume that the arbitrators yeah. will obviously see how it should be at least you can get someone who's who's highly competent in that area which does does help but you just don't know yeah, what you're going to totally. get in the family no. court that must have been no. very stressful having to go through all that how when you talk about uh just before we've finish and thank you so much for sharing this i love no, hearing no, no. even i know it's been horrific for you but it's it's just important for people to to know that they're not the only ones who go through all of this when yeah. you talk about the um emotional just dis- uh, disconnection the ability to um divorce, to divorce emotionally yeah divorce can you just explain a little just to round off a little bit what that actually means in in practice
2: okay. so it's um so i work this is this is my area because it was horrific and it was something i actually heard i heard this term and i thought oh that's just an amazing summary divorcing emotionally means that if somebody says something to you you get no reaction whatsoever if they do something to you they get no you, you gives you no reaction there's no trigger so the trigger is that emotional reaction or or a feeling within your body so to divorce emotionally is to have all of those wounds coming out of an emotionally abusive relationship the biggest thing that you've got is trauma bonds the trauma bond that keeps you trapped that kept you trapped that hid the abuse that you didn't see everyone else could see it's going on you can't see it everyone's trying to tell you you can't see it and and they keep you trapped in that in that drama until there's nothing left and they can walk away and they leave you and that is the trauma bond held in place. So by divorcing emotionally, and I'm not talking about a bit of paper, you know, a divorcing um, and divorcing emotionally is for anyone, married or not. It's, it's not having a trigger. You can hear their name and it doesn't make you cringe or or mm. squeeze up inside. Um, and
0: what is, and what processes did you use to, to do that? Because that's a massive change to go through.
2: It is. And it isn't something that happens overnight. Um, I work with, it's the wounding that I work with the, that the wounds that, so you've got various different things going on. You've got a chemical reaction, which is mainly oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, but you've got dopamine going on as well, which was the reward center. So they told you something, it get you, you, you were looking for your reward all the time from them. Um, but it was the oxytocin that bonded you into that relationship and, and it's about, so I help people work through. Releasing those, that the needs, that craving for that drug. So, your drug of choice actually is the emotional abuser, and um, you're looking for that hit all the time. So, it's helping people deal with that, um, helping people come out of their head and into their body so that they can actually feel where the trauma is. So, when you're reacting rather than responding, you're reacting from your monkey brain, from your, uh, the, the, the part of you that is still in the, it's the stress hormones the stresses are still there triggering you so it's helping people calm the body down and then once you've calmed it down uh, you can then start looking for the wounds and the emotional wounds that were are held within the body so but Brilliant. yeah that's so deep that,
0: that's, quite deep healing so that's really is, become your yeah. life now you've moved into that yeah. is that right like,
2: yeah I sure. <laughs> my friend of mine phoned me the other day about something uh, and I'd, I'd sent her a link to a body language expert, and it was like, and she was like, want to talk about it. I was like, oh, this is my favourite subject. It isn't my favourite subject because I know it's so painful, and I know how hard it is yeah. to come out of it. But it is. I'm so passionate about it. I'm now working with um, a sanctuary. Um, for abused women and Mm -hmm. this is the area that I am you know I'm doing this I want to go down the support route but I really want to go down the court route so Mm. uh, supporting people going to court and I'm trying to change it from women because I know the sanctuary that I will be working with is women but I this year I've been shocked at the amount of men that have reached out to me I've, really, many really many brilliant.
0: many men who it, it's yeah. just it, it's it, it goes across all all sexes yes. definitely yeah, 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 well yeah. I, I love i love someone who's when they're on a good mission and it's <laughs> a very powerful one so thank you so much for sharing your story i really appreciate it and make sure you put links to information i'll send you links to where yes. this goes out and if you could add it to the comments yes, that would be wonderful course. yeah speak to you again so soon much. thank bye, you bye bye liz so to tough stuff, uh, both men and women go through this all the time, but it's great, to, I just love it when people take their trauma and, and heal themselves and then look to heal others as well. So we're going to uh, have a very quick whiz through the workshops and then we are going to do some healing ourselves with uh, the lovely Susan Cowmiller. So another reminder of the online workshop, uh, the um, collaborative lawyer, who is and she's a normal family lawyer as well, Lorraine Toll, who we saw in the video earlier. She will be one of the many experts at this workshop. Uh, be assured, if you register for this, you don't have to wait to the twenty first of January. If, January, if you do need some support and help in advance, uh, we won't make you wait. But the the workshop will be fantastic for you, whether you're early stages checking it out, right in the middle of it, or even coming out the other end, but knowing that things aren't you, know, you don't want things to keep dragging on. So now we're going to prepare ourselves for our live healing with Susan. Welcome, Susan. Have we got sound? Have we got sound. I hope so. Yes, yes? we have. It's yes. all Yay! working, working extremely well today. Um, i better not speak too soon. So, what are you going to be doing with us today? It's interesting just talking about you. I'm sure your ears are burning from all that trauma because I know you help people from um, who are in all kinds of of have had physical trauma held in their bodies, which, as all trauma is, I know that's a large part of the work that you do.
3: It was very interesting. I was quite engrossed in it, actually, it was lovely to hear. It was very interesting.
0: And would you agree that, um, I'm, I'm not saying that the healing we're going to do now is going to remove people's trauma, but actually tapping into these kinds of healing is a really important part of, of releasing trauma and moving through that?
3: Well, trauma gets blocked in the body and there are various routes that one can take to release it. I work with a particular one, and it's essential for our all-round health that we don't hold on to these these things that don't serve
0: and so what are you going to be doing with us uh, today before i put you on the big Um, slide with the nice music in the background
3: i'm doing a a short eft emotional freedom technique tapping session with a related re-imprinting stroke visualization lovely calming session
0: excellent thank you so well let's move on and uh thank you for that and i'll move us into it so off you go
3: thank you Hello everyone, and we're sharing tonight a simple and powerful healing using EFT, the tapping points on energy channels of the body. And re-imprinting, which offers a message into the powerful subconscious to take on a new expectation. I'll ask you to repeat each phrase in a moment while we tap along and you will sense a change in energy when we move from stating the negative phrases and begin to state the positive and healing phrases. Just repeat, follow what I'm saying, no pressure in getting the tapping points pinpoint specific and allow the process to flow and enjoy the experience. We're going to tap, very gently on the karate point with the fingertips and we're going to repeat a phrase. Even though life is fairly challenging these days, I love and accept myself more and more each day. So just repeat the phrase when I have a slight pause. Even though life is fairly challenging these days and it's soon Christmas, I love and accept myself more and more each day. So let's move and we'll start with the tapping point at the top of the head and repeat. I feel challenged most days corner of the eye. Feeling challenged. These challenges can wear me out. Feeling challenged. Now I've got a question for you. When I'm saying this about feeling challenged, perhaps you can feel it in your body. Just be aware where you might be feeling a sensation in your body when you're repeating this. Now we're going to under the nose point. A lot of challenges these days for me. Feeling challenged and stressed. One point. I feel these challenges. Where do you feel these challenges when you feel stress and challenge? Where do you feel them in your body? I feel them. Where do you feel them? I've got a pussycat. He's nice <laughs> helping me to relax. We're doing the positive round next. Top of the head. choose to release this feeling of stress, letting it go, releasing the challenging feelings, releasing the stresses, allowing myself to feel much more at ease. Feeling much more at ease. Collarbone, lovely point on the collarbone. Feeling relaxed. Feeling relaxed and ready for a little visualization, a little re imprinting. I invite you to close your eyes. You don't have to, but close your eyes and instinctively use your senses and bring in a sense of peace into your head, into the headspace, this sense of peace. All the neurons in the head, inside the brain, are taking this in, this sense of feeling much more at peace and at ease. I'm asking you to choose a color and infuse this color into your sense of peace. Make the color much bigger and stronger. Take yourself to your place of peace, to where you feel safe and loved and bring in sounds that you might expect to hear or want to hear or have music playing in the background. You want to make this message as big and strong as you can. You want to empower your sense of peace. You want to empower your ability for calm. Allow this picture your favourite place surrounded by a beautiful strong colour that you chose and allow this to float into all the cells of your body. Take it down your neck, across your shoulders, down your arms, into the tips of your fingers. Bring it back, open your your lung space, breathe in this beautiful picture. With all the senses taking it in, open your heart space, allow it, then to move down all the soft tissue into your hips and thighs, into your knees, your knees are the first part of your body which take you forward. Move forward with this beautiful sensation in your knees, down your calves, feet and down into Mother Earth. And take this as far down as it can go, growing roots and fibres, this picture. This picture of peace then bring it back up all the way through your body and then when it gets back into your head I want you to ping it out, ping it out into the universe as far as it'll go and then even further a sense of peace and bring it back in folds to you bring it back into your body sit with it Breathe with it, breathe in the power, the opportunity for peace, calm and healing. Savor it. And in a moment or two, gently open your eyes. You deserve to feel peace and calm, you deserve. Deep breath in, and out. Thank you, Susie. That's us for tonight and please use the links that Susie will give you later if you wish to contact me. Thank you.
0: Thank you Susan, and um, I won't be giving links. you are you're going to be posting them. Actually, I shall probably will put them on for you as well but uh, but you you there be, might be particular things that you want to share so just add them into the comments. and of course anyone watching this again you'll they'll be in that there's a nice QR code you will have noticed next to Susan that takes you to a good place so definitely check that out. We come to the end and here we are and the fact is that in the war of divorce, on the battlefield of family separation. Always, always make peace your weapon of choice.